Hi guys, it's Kara, host of Everyone's Business But Mine. And let's be real, one thing that makes the show possible is by selling sponsorships to advertisers. One way you can support us in getting more sponsors is by telling us a little bit more about yourself. You can do that by filling out a quick survey at the link in the show description. Plus, your answers are anonymous. They'll help us learn what you love most about the show and how to make it even better. The questions will ask you about the things that help advertisers understand the audience. It'll only take a few minutes, and it's an easy way to help the show. So you can find the link in the show description. Thank you so much, and stay tuned for the rest of the show. Since 2013, Bombas has donated over 100 million socks, underwear, and T-shirts to those facing homelessness. If we counted those on air, this ad would last over 1,157 days. But if we counted the time it takes to make a donation possible, it would take just a few clicks. Because every time you make a purchase, Bombas donates an item to someone who needs it. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST, code ACAST. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass!" So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. We have spent our whole life trying to build a one family culture. This could tear that apart. I'm worried about my sanity and our relationship. I really want to move back to Utah. I am in polygamy hell. I can't take it anymore. It's falling apart. Eric, I can't do marriage with Cody Welcome to another episode of Everyone's Business But Mine with me, Kara Berry, a special one-off Sister Wives finale recap episode. This two hours of just high quality polygamous television, I could not take my eyes off the screen. I took so many notes, like an unprecedented amount of notes. There were so many conversations where you... I'm I'm just going to like say exactly what happened, who said it and what they said. Bear with me. It's going to be a lot, but I think it's going to be a fun trip. So close your eyes and let's head down to Coyote Pass. Woo! What if 15 really came out with a bang? Wow. I I'm just shocked at what I saw. So let's start. At this point in the season, the pandemic has been happening for only six weeks in Arizona. Seven weeks, excuse me. This is my official statement of TLC. I know Corey and Carly over at Surviving Sister Wives have said the same thing. If we want to join in on on a class action lawsuit, if things get that far, I'm happy to join. If y'all don't run me season 16 by September, it's going to be a problem, y'all. It's going to be a problem. We have not even heard about McKelty being with child and she's already had that kid. You know, we don't want all of this Corona content when I am now fully vaccinated. 
I don't want to hear that shit, you know? <laughs> We're Y'all are still in, like, I think we got as far as May of 2020 in this season. So, like, I just, I need it. I need season 16, and I need it with the quickness. And I'm hoping and praying that they are going to deliver on that because this season has been so incredible for them ratings-wise. I would imagine that the ratings that they've gotten from season 15 is probably better than 14, 13, and 12 combined. (laughs) So run me, run me my season, y'all. I deserve, I deserve. Anyway, um, Cody's still the only one going between the houses, but the wives and Hunter, Janelle's son who just got back from military training, uh, are going to meet out on Coyote Pass and have like a socially distanced lunch picnic situation. So Mary says, you know, she's perfectly fine with being socially distanced because, you know, why wouldn't she be? (laughs) She's been doing that for about six years now. And she thinks that they should be staying six feet apart and adhering to the guidelines. But we all know Christine doesn't give a shit. And she's like, I want to see these kids, my kids, uh, Robin's kids, Janelle's kids, I don't care. I want to see these kids and I'm going to do it. So then Cody says that his doctor told him that the only way to prevent having children during sex is to abstain. And so this turns into analogy, an analogy for staying separate. Mary thinks that this is like the perfect analogy. My first question instinctually was, Why does Cody have to have his doctor at his big age tell him about abstinence? But then I'm thinking, the man has 18 children. You know, joke's on me on that one. Christine says she doesn't care. She wants to see the whole family together. And then she turns to Robin and says, but you don't want that, right? And Robin's like, no, it's not that I don't want to see people, but lives are at stake here. And that's got to be the most important thing, right? Um, Janelle says... If everybody's quarantining in their houses separately, there's really no reason for us to be separate. But Janelle, you're forgetting that, like, really the issues lie with your household. And it lies with Gallant and Goofus. They're out here in these streets, you know, having sex with their new girlfriends and, you know, working. I'm not going to, Gallant, I'm going to give you credit because you actually have a job. But Goofus is out here just living his best life. And I've said it before. And I'll say it again. So Janelle is just in complete denial about how she's like the worst offender. If she is, you know, the head of her household and you're going to want to dictate how other people feel, but you're the problem. The problem is you, Janelle. The problem is you. Um, Why do we have to keep reminding her? Well, why is nobody reminding her of that? Because we do see people, Cody, being clear about how he feels about how Gallant and Goofus are out here. But we don't ever see him really challenge her on that. And there's a reason for that. And we'll circle back to that later. I hate Cody Brown. I hate him. I think he's a vile, disgusting man. What he did... Okay. Calm down, Kara. Calm down, because you'll get to it. You'll get to it. Okay, so then Robin tells everybody, you know, I'm at a high risk because I have had pneumonia before, 
We know King Solomon has RSV, the respiratory situation, so he's at high risk. And then we see Robin in a confessional say, it is my opinion that there are other people in the family that are also high risk, but it's not my place to say that. Cut back to the picnic at Coyote Pass. Robin says, you know, if you do get it and you get a heavy case of it, I mean, a strong case. Um, so you're suggesting that somebody in the family is high risk, but you don't want to go there, meaning there's some sort of sensitivity that might be brought up by you mentioning this. And then you say, heavy case, I mean, strong case. So let's put this together. Somebody who might be high risk. And then you slip up and say heavy. And you're sitting right across from Janelle. So Robin, what are you trying to say here, girl? Oops. Oops. <laughs> Woo, okay. So Cody then turns to Janelle and is like, you know, it's like a concussion. You know, because the abstinence analogy probably isn't really going to work well for this family. So he's got another one of a concussion. He is convinced that people who get COVID are never the same. Like, if you get a concussion, it'll change your life, life forever. Um, dramatic, but I appreciate the effort that's being had. Granted, there are a lot of people who are covid long haulers whose lives will be changed. Most people don't, but that's another conversation for another day because it's still no less serious, even if 99% of the cases don't end up severe. Um, Hunter said something like, you're making it sound like they had a stroke. So he compared it to something like really dire and he's like, it's not that serious. <laughs> but anyway, they come to the conclusion of like, hey, we don't know what's going to happen. You know, if you get COVID, we don't have a great um, timeline of, you know, what could happen from you a year from now, two years from now, heart attack, you know, but it, it's not like a car accident. Unless you're, never mind. We'll move on. There's so much else to talk about. <laughs> Y'all know how I feel about COVID. Take it seriously. Wear a mask. Your girl just, you know, fully vaxxed, like I said earlier. So everybody be safe, please. And I want to know if you guys follow any of the Browns on social media, let me know if you have taken notice of any of them getting vaccinated at this point. Because I want to know. I want to know. Um, so then Mary in a confessional is basically like, you know, she's talking like she's not in this family. She's not in this situation. She's an outsider looking in and talking about the Brown family because she says, you know, whatever issues might be happening between Cody and any of his wives is my guess. <laughs> but I would imagine that COVID is expounding on those issues. <laughs> Um, Janelle and Hunter walk back to the car and then you can hear Cody off camera say, these two, <laughs> like, he's so sick of him. <laughs> Cody says, you know, he has standards and basically if people don't adhere to the standards that he has in terms of COVID precautions that he just won't be around them. Fair. I think that's totally fair. Christine, you know, everybody's going back to the car so we could see Christine recording herself in the car and she says, you know, my kids, Janelle, her kids, and then both me and Janelle are really struggling. And 
in this moment, she really wants to be back to, in, to Utah so they can have the support of other plural families. What does that have to do with COVID? It's frustrating. And it's not... So we'll put a pin in that. Like, I'm exercising a lot of patience with Christine because of what happens later. Oh, man. Oh, man. Oh, man. Okay. So it just feels like Christine and Janelle are sort of, like, encouraging negative negativity and doom for really no reason. Like, clearly I know that quarantine and lockdown is difficult for everybody. But, like, you guys have this gorgeous plot of land where you could all hang out if you wanted. So do that. Like, they're acting like there is no possible way where everybody can get together, but you can. <laughs> you can all hang out outside. It's April, May in, in Arizona at this point. It's got to be plenty warm. Just hang out on Coyote Pass. I don't understand what the issue is. You guys can all see each other. It's not an impossibility. You can do it. You can do it. Okay. We get a, like, what I would consider a throwaway scene of Mary talking about the issues with filming and how she doesn't understand technology. She's trying to talk to Mariah and Audrey over at the haunted bed and breakfast. And she wants her, Mariah and Audrey to just stay there. But they're like, we're not going to live here, girl. We're trying to move up to Salt Salt Lake. Basically, Mary can't get her, she can't figure out the iPhone and she's got to hold the phone to record herself and she's pressing all the wrong buttons. Like, it's really giving us, like, first six weeks of lockdown. But again, really nothing to write home about. Uh, Mariah applied for jobs. She's going to be finishing up school and then she and Audrey are going to be going up to Salt Lake. Next. So then we see Janelle reach out to we've seen this Janelle reached out to Robin and Christine last episode talking about how she wants to change the way she communicates and also how everyone communicates with each other and how um you know she wants to have like a a discussion where all the adults come together and talk about how they're going to communicate with one another so She's been to Robin's. She's been to Christine's. Now she's going over to Mary's house to have the exact same conversation that we've already seen. So Janelle starts up by saying, you know, like, we need to figure out ground rules for conversation because we, as a collective, don't do conversations very well. Mary is immediately suspicious. And she's like, what do you mean by that? <laughs> Meaning, like, are you talking about how I don't communicate well? And Janelle says... We just, I just feel like we all just do a lot of talking, but we don't get to the root of the issue. And then in a confessional, Janelle says, Mary always gives answers that are really non-committal. So, you know, I'm trying to take her temperature right now and figure out if Mary is basically picking up what I'm putting down, trying to fig- like understand what I'm trying to say. It seems like Mary does understand what she's saying because she says, you know, it's like, basically, we have a pattern of... For example, if Robin does something wrong, then the other four of them will all talk about what Robin has done wrong, but nobody will address Robin directly. Everybody does it. When one person has an issue, everybody talks, but they don't direct that person. And did anybody, so they're sitting outside. Did anybody get distracted by that, like, little toy child swing that was behind Mary? Because it was swinging, and I'm just thinking... 
maybe that's Robin's dark-haired child. Maybe he popped over to Mary's house <laughs> and is having the, the time of his life swinging in that little swing. I don't know. I don't know. Um, Janelle's game plan is, like I said, to get everybody together to talk about the rules for how they're going to talk to each other in the future. So then we see graduation for Aurora and Gwendolyn. They're going to be having a, you know, drive through parade. All the students are going to be around. And it seems like it was actually a happy moment that as soon as they got into that parade line, the girls were really excited. Um, of course, Cody is with his family, uh, Robin, you know, so he's driving Aurora. Um, Gwendolyn's with Christine. They're driving through. It just seems like, you know, a nice moment. So then Christine says, you know, I asked Gwendolyn what she wanted you know, as a graduation present, and she just wanted to get out of town. So, where do you think she went? Utah? Where she's been talking about this whole season? Oh, yeah. Let, let's go to Utah. Yo, you want to go somewhere? Okay. Okay. Are you are you leaving? Oh, maybe we should go to Utah. Um, we have to get a, take a Costco run to get some paper towels? Oh, um, there's a great place right outside St. George. Let's go. <laughs> Christine just, she's fixated on this Utah thing to a point where it's actually sad. Because I don't, uh, let me just say it now. There's another conversation about Utah later, but it's becoming evident to me at this point, and I don't know why I didn't consider it before, but that Utah, it's not about the family. It's not about her kids so much. I mean, obviously she wants to be with her kids, but it's not really that. It's not about being around other polygamists and how she's, you know, I feel like a monogamous living in a monogamous world. Like, it's not that. It's that she wants to be around people who love her because this family is not working for her. It's not necessarily like, I want to be with the Dargers. It's, I just want to be around people who I feel like me. And that's really sad. So Cody's clearly pissed at Christine, but he says, you know, <sighs> like the people that uh, Christine is going up to visit are the same people that I told not to come down from Utah for the graduation, you know, in order to be safe. <laughs> but Christine's just going to do this anyway, because that's just the way she is. <laughs> So in a confessional, Christine says, you know, things have been really hard for Cody and her and Flagstaff. And then she corrects herself and says, actually, things have been difficult for me and Cody for a few years. So I'm looking forward to the space when I go to Utah, even though she says she's only really seeing him for a couple of hours at a time every now and again. Um, she's looking forward to not being around him. But then Christine says, you know, like her kids, like Aspen and McKelty really want to be around the family. So she's going to Utah because she wants to be around people who want to be around her. So I guess I didn't, I wasn't really just saying that. <laughs> but I mean, it's, it's more than that. You know what I mean? It's more, it's more than that. Like she clearly feels like she has no allies in Flagstaff. It's sad. It's really sad. So everybody meets down at Coyote Pass. And the first thing that Janelle says is that she doesn't have a plan. So you already spoke to everybody about how you're going to come up with the rules and then you don't have a plan. Okay. Okay. So Janelle pulls out one of those easel pads and has everybody write down, uh, you know, what they want, what their needs are. Janelle says, 
She needs to be heard. Christine says she needs to feel important. Cody's wife, Robin, asks Cody, are you going to write anything down? And Cody says, no. And so Robin says, okay, well, you have to participate. You have to play. Okay. So then Cody says, you know, the reason why I don't really want to write anything down is because I just don't give a shit anymore. <laughs> Ooh. Oh, yikes. Okay. <laughs> okay. Um, so then Cody says, you know, he's really tired of having to continue to fight and he feels like there's a lack of respect for the values of others. So he does clarify by saying, I don't think when I say that you guys don't have my same values, it's not about like core beliefs. It's really like COVID and how y'all are handling COVID Janelle and Christine. It's really about that. Um, he does say, like, there's a part of me that is guilty as everybody else because sometimes I just don't want to hear an idea because I don't care. So then Christine says in a confessional, it's taking everything out of her to stay in this moment. Mary says she thinks of Cody as sort of like the head of the family. And if the leader is saying that he doesn't want to contribute, then where does that leave them? Which is a great question. And so she's like, if he's not going to do it, I'm going to do everything I can to keep the family together. So then she starts to get emotional and says, you know, like, I understand that Janelle's trying to have these conversations as her attempt to hold the family together because it's falling apart. Then Cody says, you know, when everybody was living in Vegas, that it was a struggle to keep everything together. But ironically, in a way, Flagstaff has gotten easier because they don't live close enough to try and force making things work. This is a thing that needs to be said, but it's not being said by anybody. You guys have been struggling for years. It's not, uh, you know, it's not Utah. It's not really even Flagstaff. It's not COVID. Y'all weren't fucking with each other when you were living in that cul-de-sac together. It was hard to maintain a sense of family culture when y'all are living 200 yards apart across the street, really, you know, a stone's throw from each other and you couldn't keep it together then. So why did you think that Flagstaff was going to be any different? Even if COVID never happened, even if they, everything that Cody predicted was going to happen, happened, like if they were able to sell those houses really quickly get on the property, build up on Coyote Pass. These problems still would have happened. Everybody is saying that COVID is the issue. And like, if we don't, you know, what if this lasts for five more months? Like, it's all going to fall apart. Okay. Well, the cracks were in the foundation together already. They were already there. And until anybody really wants to admit that, you're just going to be like putting a band-aid on a, you know, <laughs> on like an open seeping flesh wound. It's not going to work. None of you guys are telling the truth. Christine then takes out her phone and reads that like stupid little Cody Brown family mission statement that they did years ago. And they put it up on the wall when they were in Flagstaff and Mary starts crying in a confessional and says, you know, it was really important that Christine read that. And like, I'm just scared that we're not going to get back to that place because hearing that mission statement reminds me of a better time. 
Didn't that mission statement happen post catfish? I mean, like, when was the better time? <laughs> if y'all, if all of you guys are at one point saying like we didn't get along in Vegas, then what better time was it when you guys were just pretending like everything was great because the cameras were there, and you were pretending like everything was great because you lived close to each other? I think they've really they. It seemed like in Vegas, they were really riding high on the wave of, like, we escaped persecution in Utah. And now we're all able to, like, live freely, you know, in Vegas. Ugh. Ugh. Tell the truth, you guys. Tell the truth. While they're having this conversation, Cody is completely checked out. He's playing with his sunglasses. He's looking down at the picnic table. You know, he's completely gone. Christine says, you know, after most of the conversations she has with the family, she feels nauseous. She feels like, I have nothing to give. I don't have anything to give to my children. And I just sit in my room just trying to recharge. I've completely shut down. And then in a, in a confessional Janelle says, basically, in the past, she's thought of Christine as very silly and emotional, and she's, like, brushed her off, but at this point, she's like, I really need to think about what Christine is saying, because this is the first time I've heard that, about, like, just sitting in your room by yourself, and that's serious, and I need to listen. So then Cody says, you know, for years we've tried to work together and it's become clear that we don't feel safe doing that. So I'm just at a point where I see the family as an obstacle to my own goals. What are your goals, Cody? (laughs) In a confessional, he says, we're not happy. My wives are not happy. They say, like, if I were not in the picture, like, you know, God forbid I've died or something, that they would all get along. But that's bullshit. He said, I've seen these women treat each other so shitty for so many years, and I can't take it anymore. Then we cut to a confessional with Janelle, and she says, Cody says that they're making an obstacle to his own goals. That's like the most selfish thing I've ever heard. But in the spirit of communication, I have to hear him and realize that that's where he's at. So then Robin says, probably the most aggressively anti-Cody thing that I've ever heard her say in her own confessional, which is that, you know, it scares her when Cody says the things that he just said about, like, they're in the way of his goals. Because it makes her feel very alone and that his attitude is is very much like, you guys are making your own decisions because you're not listening to me and you don't want to work as a team anymore, so... You know, that frees me of the responsibility of being team captain, I guess, and rallying the troops. And she's like, that's not fun to me. That's scary. Oh, okay. So then Christine decides she's going to come to Cody individually and talk to him about moving back to Utah. So they're in her bedroom and she starts off by saying, you know, remember when we first went to that property in Flagstaff, you know, on Coyote Pass, and I said that I could hear the angels singing and, you know, I definitely want to move here unless the laws change in Utah. Do you remember that? Um, Cody's face is like, I know this bitch isn't about to say what she <laughs> I know she's not about to bring up moving to Utah again. You got to be fucking kidding me. <laughs> 
Lillian Christine says, well, the laws have changed in Utah. And Cody's response is not to me. <laughs> and then Cody says, Christine, there were four homes in St. George, Utah that shared a backyard that I was ready to put an offer on. So I don't know if I don't remember this or if this has just never been addressed, but apparently Cody tells us before he proposed that Flagstaff move that he had found these properties. And then he says in St. George, and then he says to Christine, one, two, three, four wives said no. All of you said no. We're never moving back to Utah. And then Cody says, Christine, you were the most adamant out of all of them about not moving back to Utah. So then he says, I thought you didn't want to move there for the sake of, you know, our children's safety on a social level. And Christine's like, yeah, but I just think that that's changed a little bit. And then Christine goes into like her backstory. So we all know Christine is what they call uh, Mormon royalty, that her family was very prominent in the LDS church in Utah and they were polygamists. They got caught. Her dad got caught. It separated the whole family and she's got like, uh, you know, PTSD or, you know, she, she's got issues with the fact that that happened. So that's why she was the most adamant about them not going back to Utah. Because she knows firsthand what could happen when a family breaks apart. And she said, you know, I didn't want to put that on my kids. And that's the only reason why I didn't want to move back to Utah. Strictly because of the laws. So then Christine starts bringing up, you know, how when we went to look at wedding venues for Mariah and Audrey, um... Like, you remember, everybody started talking about how they missed it. And Cody says, I think you're confusing nostalgia for, like, an actual desire to move to Utah. But let me tell you, I don't want to move again. <laughs> I don't want to leave Flagstaff. I don't. Then Christine pulls a Hail Mary pass, and she starts bringing up her father. My father's very sick. I only probably have a couple more years with him. I want to be close to him. I want my children to get to know him in his last years. And then she brings up the Dargers and how her older kids all live in Utah. So Aspen's there. Uh, McKelty and Tony are there. Um, uh, Mariah is about to move back there with Audrey. And... You know, how nice it would be to have a sort of, like, community of like-minded people. And Cody, <laughs> Cody says in a confessional, I think she's smoking something. And unless I'm completely crazy, I don't think anybody in the family, including the children, want to move back to Utah. Christine tells Cody, listen, I'm not naive about the fact that I don't think anybody wants to move. And she's like, you know, maybe we could do it in a couple of years. And she's like really trying to negotiate, but we all know that Christine, if you could pick up and move right now, you would do it. This is not, I mean, you're really, girl, nobody, you don't, girl, <laughs> you're not trying to move in two years. You're trying to move right now. Like, come on. So Cody starts laughing and he says, you know, the reason why I'm laughing is because I'm hoping to throw Christine under the bus, basically, because I'm an evil monster. And he's like, you know, I'm hoping that Christine will present this to the rest of the wives and it'll make me look better. Can you imagine? He really wants to see 
the wise reactions to Christine wanting to him to wanting to move back to Utah. So Christine says, you know, I genuinely think that I can convince Cody to move back. Not everybody, but I think I can convince him. And I'm thinking, bitch, you crazy. But then <laughs> Cody's like, you know, the thought of moving back to St. George is exciting because all my friends are there and that's why I'm not shutting you down. So he basically says, I want to do it. I like your idea. He's like, I'm not going to tell her it's dumb. I just don't think that people are going to be on board. I don't think it's going to be possible. So then Cody, I mean, the man is full of analogies this episode. He starts talking about how St. George is like a woman that was like his soulmate, but she wasn't so attractive, right? And that he wanted to marry St. George but everybody told him, like, ew, why would you want to marry her? So then he settled for, for Flagstaff, something that was much better looking, but less than what he wanted, right? So now all of a sudden he finds out St. George is available and everybody's telling you, you should go for St. George. But he's like, but I'm already married and I'm committed to Flagstaff. So, like, I'm in a pickle here. It's that time of the year. Your vacation is coming up. You can already hear the beach waves, feel the warm breeze, relax, and think about work. You really, really want it all to work out while you're away. Monday.com gives you and the team that peace of mind. When all work is on one platform and everyone's in sync, things just flow. Wherever you are, tap the banner to go to Monday.com. I'm Sandra. And I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Then we see Solomon in the car with Cody and Cody tells us that Solomon is dreams of like making his own home movies. But I think he means like being a YouTuber because we see Solomon. He's like, Hey guys, here we are. We're about to go to the landfill, like introducing it very much in a YouTube style. So Cody <laughs> is like, Oh, you have goals and dreams and desires. How can I use this to exploit you? Right. <laughs> So I'm going to take your your dream and your passion for being a YouTuber and we can make a video of us going to the landfill. <laughs> I'm going to turn your passion into a chore, Solomon. <laughs> Poor thing. Uh, Cody says, you know, I think that Solomon might be getting a little bit bored by not being around the rest of the family, but, you know, he's not really that expressive with his feelings. So I don't really know how this is affecting him. Bro, you're telling me that this is your 17th child and you don't know how to communicate with him? Why don't you ask him? <laughs> Have we started with asking him how he's feeling? Oh, man, I hate this man. So anyway, Cody goes on to explain that, you know, because the wives aren't adhering to his rules, that he can't enjoy like all roads lead back to Cody 
all roads lead back to Cody and, and how he's a victim of these circumstances. So he's saying, you know, I can't enjoy my time with Robin. Isn't it interesting how when he's using an example of the wives, he always uses Robin every time. So he's saying, you know, if I'm at Robin's house for a week, I can't even enjoy my time with my real wife because I'm feeling guilty about not being at somebody else's house. Whose house? I don't know, because I fucking hate Christine. Mary's like, whatever. And so maybe just Janelle. <laughs> so if I'm at Robin's house for a week, then I feel bad that I'm not with Janelle, my other wife, right? So then we see Cody show up at Christine's house, but they have to meet outside because Christine and the girls just got back from Utah, so socially distance. Um, quick question. Why did they have a full china cabinet on the back porch with like vases and like other glassware and outdoor china? And it wasn't, I mean, I don't think there are outdoor china cabinets. <laughs> I just have questions. Why was that outside? <laughs> okay. Um, so Christine claims that, you know, she's been walking a fine line with COVID but she has no intention on not seeing her children. Okay. A fine line is not traveling out of state <laughs> in May or April. <laughs> but okay. Okay. Ooh, okay. Gerd. Gerd. I'm trying to curb my anger here because this is where Cody really fucking pissed me off. So... Cody came over to talk to Christine and Isabel, and I'm not going to call her Wisebel because of what happened. This poor, oh my God. Okay. Whew. Okay. So Cody came over to talk about Isabel's scoliosis surgery. So if y'all know, it's been years that, that Isabel has been dealing with the scoliosis. They've been trying these exercises and they went to some fake guy who was making her like use foam rollers and try to like correct the the thing, but it's not working. And at this point, she's now got over 50% curvature in her spine. Can you imagine the pain that this poor girl is going through and has been going through for years? Okay, years. And lest we not forget Isabel has been wanting to have surgery the entire time, but you know who told her no and to continue going with these like bullshit exercises? Cody. Okay? Cody is the one who's been keeping his daughter from getting the surgery that she so desperately needs. Okay. Ooh, okay. So they have planned to have a surgery in New Jersey. September of 2020. So we're talking, maybe this is May or maybe this is later, you know, who knows when this filming happened, but she's trying to go in, in September. They're going to be staying. I guess they've got family out there. They're going to be staying there for about 10 days. So Cody asks, like, can we just wait like another six months because of the pandemic? No, <laughs> no, we can't. Clearly, Isabel's having severe issues and pain, and she starts to laugh that, like, ironic, like, I cannot believe he's saying this, and I'm laughing to keep from crying. It's, like, absolutely a ridiculous thing that he just said to me. Cody's defense is, you know, New Jersey's basically New York, and that's been the first COVID hotspot. But Christine's like, Cody, that's bullshit, because Arizona's now the hotspot. So Cody says point blank, I'm not going to fly there. And I don't understand why we can't just wait longer. 
because we've been struggling with this for five years. Okay, you just answered your own question, Cody. <laughs> like, you're talking about your teenage daughter needing a life-changing surgery. Oh, my God. Christine says that, Co that Isabel's been living, like, on a, you know, a medical scale of 1 to 10 in terms of pain, she's been living between 8 and 9 on a scale of pain for 9 months. She's like, I have not experienced that type of pain outside of naturally giving childbirth. And she's been doing that for 9 straight months. In addition to the other 5 years where she's like barely been able to maintain some sense of normalcy. So then Cody says again, I'm not going to be traveling. And it's just so heartbreaking to watch Isabel's face and her reaction of just being like, this is the moment where I feel like my parent has failed me and I am disappointed in them. You know, like there's that time in our lives where, you know, as children, we think of our parents as like infallible and perfect and they make the right decision. And then you realize that your parent is just a person and that they're not perfect. Usually they don't disappoint you this badly, but my God, you could just see the pain in her face. And it made me want to put my hand through the television, grab that man by his stupid permed curls and just yank as hard as I could. I hate this man. And it gets worse, you guys. It gets fucking worse. So Isabel makes a good point of, you know, if the hospital thought it was going to be very risky for me to have the surgery or unsafe, they wouldn't have scheduled it. And Cody says, well, maybe we should just send Isabel by herself. <laughs> Ugh. They cut immediately to Christine in a confessional. And she's like, did Cody just say that? Before I go irate and lose my mind at this ridiculous, stupid suggestion, I'm just going to assume that this is part of the Cody roller coaster, and then he's eventually going to realize how stupid what he just said was before I really have to respond. Go off, Christine. Go the fuck off. Isabel starts crying and is like, I don't want to do the surgery by myself. And Christine's like, don't worry about it, girl. I would never, ever put you in a position that you would be in the surgery by yourself. That is 100% not an option. Not going to happen. I will be going with you. Like, I would never do that to you. So then in a confessional, Cody says, you know, I should not have said that. And then he says, the reason why he acted reacted that way is because he's used to responding to how emotional Christine is. So you're telling me, that you're being an asshole to your daughter because you're mad at her mom. Are you fucking kidding me? That is psychotic. That is psychotic. Divorce him. D-I-V-O-R-C-E. Get out of there, Christine. Get out of there. Isabel keeps crying and says, you know, I guess we can wait. Because it's not like I'm going to get any worse. Unless I do. And then she looks at her dad and says, how long do you want me to, I'm like, I want to cry right now. Just like, I, and it's actually, it's so shitty that he did that to her. Like, I'm actually getting emotional just thinking about 
how heartbreaking this poor, oh my God, how heartbreaking this was. And then Cody says, oh, excuse me, then um, Isabel is clearly upset. She's like, you guys don't need me anymore, do you? And then she just walks in the house. Oh, I could not believe that. So then Cody continues on in a confessional. He says, you know, basically he recognizes that Isabel should be able to lean on him, but because he's having issues with Christine, it's hard for him to not just tell Christine to go do this on her own. Vile. I can't. Vile. Fuck him. So then Cody walks away and leaves. He doesn't say goodbye to Christine. He just like gets up out of his chair. He's like, you know, as soon as you set the appointment, just let me know. Like, okay, see ya. And then we kind of see him like standing in the driveway. Like clearly he knows what he did was fucked up, but we don't see him do anything to rectify the situation. What he should have done was said, Isabel, come outside. Let me explain this to you in some way that doesn't make it seem like I'm just completely abandoning all of my parent parental duties. Okay. Like, fuck you. I mean, literally fuck off. What the worst parenting is using some bullshit that you have with your wife and taking it out on your kids. Are you kidding me? Never in my fucking life. I, uh, uh, <laughs> I was like really about to cry. <laughs> so I'm like very upset. Um, so then in a confessional, Christine says, I don't understand how Cody can't understand how much pain Isabel is in. Maybe if he was around more, he would see it more. And then she gets so frustrated in that confessional. She can't even talk. Like she has to stop herself. Cody continues to blame Christine and says, you know, I want Isabel to know that I'm here for her and I support her. But like the stuff with Christine and Flagstaff has just been a challenge. <sighs> Fuck him. <sighs> okay. So next we see that monster Cody going over to Janelle's house to discuss the fact that she's going to be traveling to help Maddie with the kids, which will obviously affect their ability to see each other. So we know that Maddie's infant daughter has something called Fatco. So she's missing limbs and fingers and there's like a six or seven inch difference between her legs. So because she's about to start walking, she needs a prosthetic. So Cody says, you know, it'll probably be like a month before he sees Janelle again um, because of like how long she'll be gone and then how long they'll have to quarantine. And his first reaction is that he's nervous about Janelle resenting him for being gone so long. Like I said, all roads lead back to Cody being an absolute victim. Janelle says, you know, like, I know I'll be fine, but just, um, she's sitting here and she's got like a, you know, one of those lap desk calendars. She's like, I'm looking at this month that I'm not going to see you. And like, it's hitting me. And, you know, Cody's like, it'll be okay. And we've been through worse. So now we see the difference between how Cody treats a wife that he's mad at, Christine and Mary, and the one that he's not mad at because he says, you know, I don't want to tell Janelle how I really feel because I know that Janelle really needs to do this and being sour about it isn't going to help her at all. So it's okay for Janelle to go help her daughter but it's not okay for Christine to help her daughter. Why? Because you're mad at Christine 
you sick motherfucker. Uh, so then what happens after that? I, I'm just, <laughs> it makes me so mad. Um, Janelle turns to Cody and says, I just need you to tell me that we're going to be fine and that everything will be okay, which he does. And he's actually, you know, being really reassuring and kind to Janelle. But honestly, like I couldn't even enjoy him being so nice to her because of how horribly he treated Christine. In a confessional, he says, you know, I've been really cynical and dark these days at COVID, you know, and that COVID makes him think that like polygamy is a waste of time and that they've embarked on an experiment that is a failure. Uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, Cody. I mean, yeah, we could have all told you that at least a decade ago, but okay. So then we see all the wives and Cody go to meet up again at Coyote Pass. And there's some dumb joke. Mary's wearing a t-shirt that says, may all your hours be happy hours. And Cody's like, oh, that sounds like a drinking thing. Uh, 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 drinking, huh? Mary says it's not a drinking thing. It's just because she's happy with her life. Okay, girl. <laughs> don't lie to us. <laughs> don't, don't be playing in my face, Mary. <laughs> um, then she says, you know, she has another favorite t-shirt that says, beach please. And and she talks about how, you know, the old people at the grocery store all see the shirt and think that she's actually talking about the beach. And of course, Cody's lame ass doesn't understand that it means bitch, which makes Mary yell out, bitch, please. Hello. <laughs> and then she says in a confessional that Cody doesn't get anything. He never understands a joke. And I don't understand how he doesn't understand what a joke is. Um, it's because he's lame. Okay. <laughs> half the reason why I even watch this show is just because I want to see how lame people live their lives <laughs> for lack of a better word like I come from a family who's like just very naturally funny so when we all get together like my immediate family and my extended family it's always just like you know a comedy tour so I just don't like I literally don't know what it's like to have a family that isn't funny and, and it's fascinating to me. It truly is. Um, so then Christine, uh, Robin says something about how she doesn't like going on the property because it's just a reminder that they all bought it together and nothing at all is happening. Um, then Christine started talking about, you know, she's talking to all the family, like how good it is, how good it was to see the Dargers and how normal she felt because they live in a monogamous world. And, you know, she says, you know, when we were all in Vegas, I was really against moving back to Utah, but then the bill passed that de decriminalized polygamy. And I just feel like we've had this Coyote property, Coyote Pass property for like two years and we haven't done anything on it. And I want to move back home. Everybody's just staring at her. <laughs> and then she says in a confessional, isn't it obvious to anybody but me that we're not going to do anything? We're not going to build on that property? No. No, it's obvious to everybody. We all know. Because <laughs> in the beginning of the season, y'all were talking about building on the property and Cody was like, uh, we're too broke to even have a foreman come out and spec all this stuff. Can't do it. Don't have the coin. Um, then she says, you know, I feel like if we were going to do anything with this property, we would have done it by now. Sure. So her proposal is that they don't develop the land. And she says, you know, if it had just be, been me alone... I would have moved back already. And so Mary 
ask Christine, do you think that the bill changing, meaning the polygamy bill in Utah, do you think that the law changing is going to change how people perceive you? And Christine says, you know, I think wherever we go, it'll be an issue. But, you know, we're here, Isabel, and my kids have gotten a lot of crap for my parent, for her parents' decision. In a confessional, Janelle says, you know, this is not the experience of my kids. Uh, Savannah's not said anything. Goofus hasn't said anything. But I'm not going to deny what Christine says, but that just has not been an experience with my kids. Um, and then she says, you know, I try to be really careful. And then she stops herself and she says, I, I just sort of feel like Christine is making a case to move. Like, she just wants to move and she's throwing anything at the wall to make it seem like this is going to be a good decision for the family. Now, can we just pause for a second? Like, why do we not talk about the fact that the only reason why they moved to Flagstaff was because of Robin's son? Like, he got into school at a small school in Arizona, like, outside of Flagstaff, and that's why they all moved to Flagstaff. So, is it fair, you know, like, if we're going to say that, you know, Christine has, like, maybe BS reasons because her kids are somewhere, um, maybe we should talk about Robin, you know, mention it all. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50 luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hey, folks, I'm Mark Marin from the WTF Podcast, and this episode is brought to you by Kleenex Ultra Soft Tissues your ally to help tackle your allergy symptoms this season. I love the change of seasons, but nobody loves pollen and all those other things floating in the air that make you sneeze during this nice weather. Kleenex Ultra Soft Tissues are hypoallergenic and allergist approved. So fight back against watery eyes and runny noses without worrying about irritating your skin. For this allergy season, grab Kleenex and face allergies head on. Robin doesn't want to move to Utah, and she says that her concerns are with Solomon and Ariella, the two youngest kids, and what they might have to deal with and in Utah, and that she would be worried for them. And then Robin says, you know, like, what if something happens and things are worse than they are before? Like, what if this whole bill decriminalization situation is temporary? What if something happens and the law changes back and we're stuck in Utah now? Um, she's like, you know, there's nothing really for me, Robin specifically there. And I know that Christine has a lot of kids that live in Utah and that Coyote Pass has always been a dream for her. And her gut reaction to what Christine is saying is anger, <laughs> but she doesn't know how to reconcile that and keep everyone happy. Janelle says in a confessional, she feels like she has whiplash and basically that the only reason why Christine wants to move back to Utah is because her older kids are there. Mary says, once I get kicked out of Utah, I've kind of been of the mindset of like, I'm not going to grace you guys with my presence. If you don't want me here, then fine. I'm going to stay out 
and it's your loss. Of course, then Mary, I'm sure production has to ask, like, okay, but you own a business there. So, like, what's the difference? And her excuse is that, you know, me running a business there, <clears throat> funneling money into the state, um, and making a home for my mom is different than me living there. Um, okay. <laughs> I feel like I recall Mary's mom, may she rest, not wanting to live there. And Mary pretty much forcing her to <laughs> am I getting that wrong I feel like that's she had to do a lot of convincing to have Mary to have her mom move into that house in that bed and breakfast okay whatever um speaking of whiplash Cody is completely on the side of all the other wives and is now saying that he's completely frustrated with Christine and that they have so much money invested into Flagstaff and the properties and now she wants to move and then he starts to complain about he, how he's basically the scapegoat. And when any issue happens with the wives or anybody in the family, that it all goes back to being his fault. You mean all the where we go one, we go all things that you force them into, all the PowerPoints, all of the um, here's something on an easel, all those times that you presented your wives into something and they didn't like it. Yeah. That's how that works. He acting like he is such a martyr to this family and that he can't win for losing and everything. They, all these four bitches just hate him and want to see him go down and they never agree with him on everything. And everything is always his fault. Poor Cody. And then he says, oh my God, this is actually fucking insane. He's actually gleeful. And the fact that he's just thrown Christine out there and he wants to make sure like they don't feel like he put Christine up to there, <laughs> Christine up to this. So basically he's saying, even though we saw on tape that he agreed with Christine he was excited about the prospect of moving to St. George. He did say, I, I think that I don't think the other women are going to stand up or are going to want to, but I have my friends there. Like I wanted to move there the whole time. He was like excited. And now because he's mad at Christine, he's basically throwing her to the wolves because he wants her to feel like he's felt before, which is rejected that is sick behavior y'all sick <laughs> like what the hell did she do in his mind because it's truly like he's being meaner to her than he has been to mary and he told mary like you need to chase me but i'm not coming <laughs> I mean, this is, like, volatilely horrible. Like, psychological warfare shit. Like, <laughs> it's one thing to be like, okay, I'm gonna have you... Like, if he had told Christine, yeah, okay, maybe this is something that I would want to do. Like, I would maybe be interested in moving to Utah, but... As your husband, I'm going to tell you that this is something that you need to take on your own. And I am going to warn you that I really do not think the other wives are going to say yes to that. 
then that's almost fair. But he's just doing this because he wants her to feel bad. (laughs) It's not just, I don't want to be the bad guy now. It's, I want to make Christine specifically the bad guy. And he's laughing in his confessional. Laughing. He is gleeful about her putting herself out there and getting shut down. He loves it. Lock him up. Lock him up. I want him under Coyote Pass, okay? I want him under that little shit pool that they act like is a pond. I want him under that, okay? To never be saved. Never, ever. So then Janelle asked Christine, like, Christine, would it be too much to ask about settling on Coyote Pass? And Christine says it's too much right now. So then Mary says, um, you're not considering moving to Utah regardless, are you? (laughs) Like, Mary is the only one. Robin doesn't say anything. (laughs) Robin does not say a damn thing. Even though she was like the first proponent of, oh yeah, let's all have an open forum and share how we feel and blah, blah, blah. We never see her say a damn thing. Okay. So Mary asks Christine, like, are you trying to move anyway? And Christine starts to cry and says, we're not moving, are we? And at this point, it's like, on the, there's a 20% of me that's like, okay, Christine, you knew this wasn't going to you knew they weren't going to say yes. You knew that this was like a Hail Mary pass. But a lot of me is like, this is the actions of a clearly emotionally distressed and desperate woman. And it's really sad to see. Because it's not just about moving to Utah. It's, there's something going on there. There are several deep things happening there. And it's, it's sad to watch. It's really sad to watch. So after that, she completely breaks down. Cody, that absolute monster says, did you think that everybody was going to feel the same way about moving back? Did you anticipate that because the law had changed with everybody, like that I would think it was easy to go back? (laughs) And of course, Christine is now like flabbergasted because she had this whole conversation in which he pretended to support her. And in a confessional, she's like, I don't understand what he's doing. And then Christine says, you know, like when we went back to visit the Dargers and we went to the, you know, uh, wedding venue looking at <laughs> when you, the wedding venue looking at this, this is where I'm at. I, I need to eat something. Um, you know, Christine says when we went back to Utah, everybody was talking about how it felt like home. So I just took that as a sign that you guys wanted to move back. And Robin says it is home, but it's not friendly to us. And I just don't know how to feel comfortable potentially putting, you know, my kids in that situation. So then Mary, she looks behind her and then grabs Christine to take her away from the group. And Cody says in a talking head, you know, I don't understand why Christine didn't try harder to pitch it more. Can you believe that? (laughs) I hate him. I hate him. And when I say I hate, like, I actually hate him. Like, I I hate him. So as Mary and Christine are walking away, 
Christine stops and says, I just can't do marriage with Cody anymore. Like, I can't do it. And Mary says, look at the mountain. Like, don't talk about that. Don't go there. And Christine whispers, that's not enough. Like, the mountain is not enough. And Mary says, you need to make it be enough. You don't get to give up like that. <laughs> and Christine says, why? And Mary says, because you're not a quitter. And the Mary looks, Mary says, look at me. You know where I am. And you know where I've been. Like, girl. <laughs> look at who you're talking to, girl. <laughs> and then Christine says, yeah, but I just, I don't want it. I don't want this marriage. I don't want this mountain. I don't want Coyote Pass. Like, I'm out. Mary says, you're just hurting. And Christine says, I am hurting. And Mary says, then you can say what you want or what you don't want. So you can't say what you want or what you don't want. You At this point. Like, you, like don't uh, let your emotions carry you away. Like you're hurt right now and you're saying you're talking crazy and you can't just be making these wild pronouncements when you're amped up. So Christine says, you know, everything's just changed. And Mary says, are you hurting right now? You don't get to give up because you're hurting. And Christine says, it's not just giving up. And Mary says it is, you know, but maybe it's not, you know, maybe you know, things just look different. And Mary says, I don't believe that look different crap. People say it. I don't believe it. So then we get to Christine in a confessional. She says, I don't want to look at the mountain and remember that I said the angels were singing. I agreed to move to Flagstaff and I followed Cody here, but it's been a struggle the whole time. I'm tired of feeling like I don't matter. I'm tired of not having his support when I really need it. I'm just tired. I need a partnership and I need something different from this. So then Mary tells Christine, you know, I get things change and I get that you hurt. And, but that doesn't mean that there's nothing there that you want and that you can fight for and that you can work for. But you have to do that in your heart. You have to do the work and it's hard, but you can't give up. So then in a confessional says, Mary says, I made a commitment. I made a commitment to Cody and the family, Janelle. Christine and Robin. To me, that's what family is about. And so Mary tells Christine, you didn't put however many years into this to walk away. I didn't put 30 years into this marriage to walk away. And in a confessional, Christine says, I appreciate everything that's Mary saying because she's lived through a lot. <laughs> but her relationship with Cody is certainly not something that I want. And the relationship that I have with Cody is not something that I want either. What I have here is not what I want right now. Woo! And that is the end of season 15 of just like a knockout season. I, amazing. Amazing. I don't know how they come back from this. There were those rumors over maybe like a couple months before the season began that was like hinting at trouble in paradise with uh, Christine and Cody because people had found out somehow that Cody had taken his name off the lease of the house that she owns in Flagstaff and um, sold it to her for a dollar. So who's to say what's happening with them? I tend, I tend not to look at social media. I don't like spoilers, if you will. I don't know if you can call it a spoiler of somebody's life, but um I, I just like to watch a show and not know what I'm getting myself into. So 
don't spoil it if you know anything. I mean, I'm sure if they had gotten divorced or, you know, whatever, <laughs> spiritually divorced, it I would have heard. But I'm curious. I'm curious to see what happens here. And again, TLC Network, do not make us wait a year plus or however long we waited between 14 and 15 for 15 and 16. I'm begging you. Thank you. Thank you guys so much for being patient and waiting an extra day for this episode. I'll catch you back on uh, Wednesday for a just sis- seeking sister wife, I guess. That's it. That's all we got. All right. Thank you guys so much for listening. Thank me for speaking. I love you. Bye.